0: Man, it's good to be with all of you here in person, and for the hundreds of you who are watching online, can we just say welcome together to them, one, two, three, welcome. We love you guys. Um, uh, Well, as Chip said, we are actually in week four of a series of talks that we are calling our manifesto, and what we've been saying week in and week out is that what a manifesto is, it very simply is a declaration of intent. And so what we're doing is we're shouting from the mountaintops, this is who we are, and these are the things that we want to fight to become. This is the foundation that we are building this church and we believe our lives on. And so our manifesto very simply is this. I think they're going to throw up on the screen, and I want you to do your best to shout All right, raised back today. And so I know it's going to be a good day. All right, so I want you to do your best to read these with me. All right, can you do it? Ready? Here we go. Jesus is our message. Serving is our privilege. Celebration is our soundtrack. Generosity is our standard. Hope is our belief. Honor is our language. And transformation is our byproduct. And uh, yeah, come on, that's good stuff. Those are good declarations of intent. Are you with me? Um, and, and, and if you have a Bible, I want to turn to a scripture together actually that Chip uh, referenced in his uh, little amazing word to us about the, the faithfulness of God as we give even in times of need. And it's Luke 6 verse 37. It says this, do not judge and you will not be judged. Can we just underline that as we're, as we're entering this very ter- turmoil-ridden election season, right? Like, this is just take a minute. That's not what I'm preaching about, but you know, that's just what we would say is a good word. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't judge, and you will not be judged. Don't condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Verse 38, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And today, we're going to be leaning into what does it look like and really what does it mean for generosity to be our standard. And if you're anything like me, you hear that generosity is our standard and your mind probably goes straight to money. Right and, and for good reason. I mean, Jesus points to this in Matthew six twenty one, where he says, "For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Meaning that our money tells us a lot more about the state of our heart than almost anything. Yeah. But but generosity is not just about money. Generosity is not just about money. I actually think that generosity has more to do with how we live our lives versus how much money we give away. Yeah. Or, or for, all the, for all the youngsters in the house, it, God is more interested in how we live our lives than how much we make it rain on the lives around us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. All right? Now let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are so generous to us. And God, we do pray that right now that you would come. You're already here. Worship was amazing. Your presence was here. And so, God, we're asking that you would allow us to hear your words, not my words, but your words this morning so that we can be those who are transformed by you. And everybody shouted, Amen. amen. Well, for those of you guys who know me, um, I have four children, okay? Three of them are the same age, all right? So if you don't pray for me, please begin. All right, I have three 11-year-olds, okay? Now, the age of 11 is a beautiful age. I love my children. I love being a father. It's amazing, except... When one of them gets something new, right? It could be anything, bag of socks, a pair of underwear. All of a sudden, one person gets something in my family, doesn't matter what it is, how small, how large. My living room is transformed from where we watch football to the floor of the United Nations, where each of my children are now going to present their case on how there should be an appropriate allocation of funds so that everything can be distributed equally any honest parents in the house have have some children that that are fighting for fair all right anybody okay yes every child is born with this thing in them when they can sense when something is not Fair. Now, my kids know that I am over this. Like, I just like like I do I like, and so there's a phrase that, that you will often hear emerging in our home, right? We've got these different declarations that we do and things that we say, and one of them is I'll say, and usually in the midst of one of these debates, I'll be like, hey, 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 what happened to fairness? And all of my children in unison will say, it died in the garden. And I'm like, that's right. So sin ruined your argument. So shh. All right. Now, if you really want to go level 10 on this, seeing the negotiation skills of children, add sugar in the mix. Okay. Okay. Man, we, uh, look, I've never seen people try to compare how many, like, Hershey's Kisses are the equivalent to a Snickers bar. This is what children do. Well, well, they, they got a candy bar. Well, you know, I, that's like 20 Hershey's Kisses. Well, who told you that? I, I mean, that's just fair. No, 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 no. What happened to fairness? It died in the garden. Yeah. Go ask your mother. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But, dude, but here's the thing. You want, you want to know what drives me bananas, really, honestly, if we boil it down to Because I'm going to keep it real with you. We try to keep it pretty equal at the Griffin House. Like, we do our best that they, you know, that we're, we're kind of doing all the same things for all of them. We're, we're, doing, we're, we're really fighting for that. But here's the thing. What drives me crazy is my kids are actually not motivated for fairness. Their, their, their motivation in the negotiation is not that they want everything to be equal. Here's how I know. When they get more, no one is volunteering their excess to their brothers and their sisters. Okay? Like, if we, we, you know, look, this has been the new thing in my house. Is like I'm on a bit of a crystallite lemonade kick. I can't get enough of this stuff. Like, I'm just like... Drinking it constantly. So my kids are always asking me, Dad, can I have some lemonade? Can I have some lemonade? And we're like, sure, sure, sure. Okay, look, we are the, my my kids will take the cup of one of their siblings and put it next to their cup and pour to the line, right? And then there's this big argument of like, no, 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 that's not all lemonade. I put water in mine, I watered it down. That's why it's so much, right? Like, no one is saying, like, you know what, Dad, it looks like I got more lemonade than Kevin. So can I give him some of my lemonade? That's never happened in my house. It has never been uttered within the walls of my house. I got more, so let me share, right? Because the motivation of my kids is not fair. The motivation of my kids is let me get mine, right? And I think sometimes when we talk about generosity, this is where things get a little bit tricky, it's because we're 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 like we like well things aren't fair, but well, we're not really motivated by fair, we're motivated by am I getting mine? Am, am, am I getting am I getting mine? And, and and here's the thing that's called greed. Like guess what that is, if you're wondering. That's called greed. Now there's this there's this philosopher with the last name Fromm, and I love. His explanation of greed. This is what Fromm says greed is. Greed is a bottomless pit which exhausts the person in an endless effort to satisfy the need without ever reaching satisfaction. It's a bottomless pit that exhausts the person in an endless effort to satisfy the need without ever reaching satisfaction. And so my question is, have you ever felt the exhausting, seemingless, bottomless pit of greed? And, And the reason greed is so destructive to us and just literally begins to eat at us is because it wars against one of the clearest kingdom principles that God gives us. And Jesus alludes to this in the passage that I opened with in Luke 6, verse 37, when he said, don't Judge, and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. And a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The kingdom principle that we're talking about is the principle that's called reaping and sowing. Reaping and sowing. Galatians 6 verse 7 puts it this way. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. We will reap what we so, and greed drives us to try to get more, to hold on to more, to guard what we have so that we can have more. And the kingdom of heaven is saying, no, you give and it will be given. You give and it will be given. It's a position of surrender where we find breakthrough. It's a position of surrender where we find breakthrough. If we're honest, if we really get this, this is a this-changes-everything kind of a revelation. Yeah. Yeah. That that, 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 that is give and then you will receive. Surrender and breakthrough will come. Be, be, because this, this principle exposes this internal wrestle that, that is Deep within the, the greed in all of us, and it's rooted in the question are we going to be okay? That, that's really what drives it, honestly. Are we gonna be okay? Are we gonna have enough? Are we gonna be taken care of? It's just this, like, this need to like, feel like somebody is gonna protect us and fight for us and be there for us, right? And the fear that that might not happen causes us to be closed fisted versus open handed, right? And the areas in your life where you feel the most vulnerable are usually the greediest areas in your life. Am I talking to anybody? Right? Like the areas if your finances feel the most vulnerable, you're probably gonna find yourself being really greedy with your finances. If your relationships feel vulnerable, you're going to find yourself being really greedy with the few relationships that you have. Right? It's like the areas in our life that that question, are we going to be okay, is the loudest. That's where we find ourselves not living out of a kingdom principle, but out of a worldly reality. Because the kingdom principle is that if we give, we will receive. Self-protection was burst. On the backside of sin. Our need to take care of ourselves started when sin entered the world. The very first thing that Adam and Eve did after they said, you know what, I'm not gonna do what God said, I'm gonna do what I feel like I need to do. As soon as they, they did that and sin entered the world, the first thing that they did was they hid and they covered themselves. Why? Because what sin does is it exposes us to what life without the covering of God feels like. And left to ourselves, we begin to try to cover ourselves, to protect ourselves, to hold on to what we have. But that's a reality of sin. That is not a desire of the kingdom. Are You hear what I'm saying? Our way out of this bottomless pit, this deceptive pit of greed that, that leads us into this exhausting place that, that never seems to be satisfied, and this is always reaching out for more, if I can just get a little bit more. Our way out of that bottomless pit, the way out of that loud, unanswerable question of are we going to be okay is not found in getting more, it's found in giving more. Our way out of that bottomless pit is not found in getting more. It is in giving more. Hear me, there is a connection in our open-handedness and the security of our hearts. There is a connection in, to our open-handedness with the security of our Of our hearts. If you have a Bible, I want us to jump into a story in Matthew 25. And in Matthew 25, Jesus is telling a series of stories. And he's starting all of these stories by saying, This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. So Jesus is giving us these windows into, like, yo, you want to know what heaven on earth looks like? It looks like this. And so this is one of those moments where Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And Jesus tells a story in Matthew 5, starting in verse 14, and it goes like this. Jesus says again, it, speaking of the kingdom, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. And to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey, and the man who had received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, gained five bags more. And so also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. And his master replied, notice the same statement of the return on the five and the two. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said. I knew you to be a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your gold in the ground and see here what belongs to you. Now listen to how the master, remember, this is Jesus telling a story about this is what the kingdom of heaven is Like And Jesus says in this story that this master's reply is this, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvested where I've not sown, yet gathered where I've not scattered seed. Well then, you should have made a deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received back at least with interest, So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw this worthless servant outside into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus tells us this story to expose That the root of our tendency to hide and to bury what we have been given is ultimately birthed from a place of misunderstanding who he is. The man who received one bag of gold told the master, I knew you to be a hard man. My perception of you was that you're a hard and harsh man my perception of you is that you took from people's fields translate that into our word world like i i I have seen you to be a little sporadic with my interpretation of your provision. I've seen you to be a little late when I need a breakthrough, but it seems like you're pretty quick on everyone else's breakthrough. You're harvesting in someone else's field. It's happening over there, but it's not happening over here. And if we misunderstand who the master is, then we won't know what to do with what the master's given us. Give And it will be given to you. What I want us to begin to see is that there's a connection with our openness of our hands and the security of our hearts. You see, the person who was given five bags of gold didn't know that their investment was going to double. They had no idea what was going to happen. They didn't know they were going to get five bags more. But what they knew of the master informed them of what the master's intent was with what he gave them. And so they took what they were given and then they used it and then they got more from it. But when we don't understand who the master is, we're not going to use what's been given to us. We're going to keep it because we don't know what's going to happen to us. The question of, am I going to be okay, gets louder because we don't know who the master is and how the master is going to treat us. And if we don't understand that God is good, that he is faithful, that the backing track of our lives is God will provide, that God is faithful faithful, that God is in control, then our tendency to hoard, to keep, to, 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 to guard ourselves will never get louder, the invitation to give what we have. We have to know who he is. Living generously has more to do with a fully surrendered life than how much money we give away. A fully surrendered life. I love what radical generosity does to those around us. Throughout my life, I've seen God do unbelievable things for unexpected People, When the people of God say, you know what, we are going to live open-handedly, understanding that even maybe in my place of need, my security and the provision that God has for me does not come in me hoarding what I have, but giving of what I have to those around me. And I I love to see what happens in a group of people when generosity really becomes the standard because generosity has this kind of like boat wake contagious thing that happens where once it starts, it's kind of hard to stop. Like you used to, this thing was like went on trend a few years ago where people would like pay for the person's coffee behind them at Starbucks. you guys know about that? Or I'm going to take, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. Right? And there's stories of that going for like 50, 60, 70 cars. Just somebody being generous, just like a small seed of generosity has an impact that affects so many more people. That $5 went further than they thought. I remember one Sunday, our church had just started. Moses, how many of you are thankful for Moses? If you don't know who Moses is, he's one of our worship leaders. Moses is the, we call him the pastor of experience. He's kind of in charge of everything that, that happens here on a Sunday morning at all of our locations, including online. He has a big job, and he does it incredibly well, and, and, and he just always is smiling and laughing. And he's just an incredible dude. He was the only guy we moved down here with to be on staff, and, and it just, he's just a stud. Uh, he's never allowed to leave. Um, uh, that's that's how we feel about Moses. It's like uh, he is blacklisted from being recruited from any other church. Uh, he's irreplaceable. Well, Moses to come down here had a guitar, but he didn't have any money, so he sold his guitar to have money to move to Austin. So he was here as our worship leader, having to borrow people's guitars, right? And Michael and Hannah Spencer are two leaders here and value carriers of this house. Michael also was one of our worship leaders this morning. And Michael was like, you know what? Moses has a need. We can meet that need. So Michael was, starts to like, go, like, ask everybody, like, yo, dude, you want to give some money to, so we can buy Moses a guitar? And I love it when generosity leads to dreams being fulfilled. Right. There, there, there's you're like I love generosity of all kinds. But but, you know, sometimes when you like get given like some old shoes with holes in the bottom, you're like, thanks. You know, but like when when you get given like the dream that you like, you know, when you were alone and you were like, dude, if I could have this guitar, that would just be stinking amazing. You know, like when that that's a cool thing. So people just keep giving. People just keep giving. Michael ends up, like, with, like, thousands and thousands of dollars. Our church was, like, 100 people at this time. Okay, this was, like, early on in the journey. And, like, I'm like, dude, this is insane, right? So Michael goes and literally buys Moses' dream guitar. Not like a good guitar. Like, if we took Moses to a guitar shop, the one that he would pick out if money was not an option. And we, like, I'll never forget that Sunday when we brought Moses up on the stage, and I was like, Michael, get on up here. Michael comes and hands Moses this guitar, right? Like, you know, it was like Moses didn't even know what to do. He literally was like, is this real? Like, is this really happening right now? You know what I'm saying? And we were all blessed Generosity did not just bless Moses. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We were all blessed. Everybody that was there was like, whoa, Moses got a guitar, baby. You know what I'm saying? And like, it didn't matter if you gave two bucks or a thousand bucks, you're a part of that story because it doesn't matter how much you give. It matters that you gave out of what you have. The reward of the person that was given five and two was the same. And, and, and I love that, like, you know, that our church, we, we're so committed to being generosity is, like, our thing, is that we've built into not just the core of our team, that, like, hey, we want to be generous, generous with encouragement, generous with love, generous with finances, but we want to be generous so much so that we build generosity into our budget. Because how many of you know that if you don't build generosity into your budget, you're not going to really be that generous? And so we build generosity into our budget as a church and we're like across the top every dollar that comes in here we're giving away 10%. We're just giving it away. It's a part of our operational budget and we know we hope that that percentage grows as we grow. And and so we're like right off the top we're like we're going to give away 10% of what? And so, so we give to other ministries in town. We give to people that serve overseas. We Like wherever there's a need, we try to do our best to steward those resources to give. Well, we got wind that because of COVID, the high school that our north campus normally meets in, it's called Juan Navarro, that none of the water fountains are up to the new code of COVID, the COVID code, right? And so the students were unable to have access to water while they were at school, and so we said, hey, we can fix that, right? Because generosity is our standard. The church exists to meet other people's needs. Are you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we found out about that. Moses, as always, calls them and says, hey, uh, we found out that you guys need some water fountains. They're like, oh, yeah, um, we do. And so we're like, cool. We're going to replace every single water fountain in the entire school. Not one. Not one. Every single water fountain in the entire high school, we're like, yo, we're gonna, you're going to get new water fountains across the entire school. And they're like, I can't believe that you would do this. Like, they literally told Moses, we didn't think you guys were going to go full send. We thought you would, like, give us, like, towards a water fountain. We didn't know that you guys were going to replace every single water fountain in the entire school. And, and, and you, know what, it, you know what happened? is that they saw that we, have, we serve a God that sees them. Because Moses was like, yeah, we believe in you guys, God loves you guys, we believe in what's happening here, and we want to invest in it. Not just with our words, but with what matters to you. You hearing what I'm saying? We have an opportunity, we have a privilege to be those who are living open-handed. And that open-handedness doesn't just bless those who are receiving what we're giving. It builds security in us on the God that we're serving. It strengthens us. It, it, it fortifies us us in a way that is unique to anything else that we can be a part of on the earth. And how many of you in a time of need have found yourself reading Philippians 4:19 that says that my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. How many of you have read that scripture? How many of you have prayed that scripture? Look, my challenge for us is that maybe Paul wrote that scripture not for you, but for everybody. Oh, I don't think you heard what I said. What if that wasn't just for you? What if that was for everybody? What what if it was that when he says that he's going to meet all your needs, that it's like all our needs? So that every single person can be about seeing God do stuff. Look, how, how many of you know that God uses people to display his kingdom on the earth? Look, can I make some pretty bold statements this morning? Are you okay with that? Can I say some pretty extreme things? This is what I actually believe. You want to get a window into my belief system? This is what I actually believe. I actually believe that there is a home for every orphan in our city. I actually believe it. I actually believe that there is a place for every person who doesn't have a home to have a home. I actually believe that there is enough food to feed every hungry belly. I actually believe there is enough resources to meet every person's need who finds himself in a place of need in this house and in our city. I actually believe that because when God said that he was going to meet all our needs, he said that to everybody. Not just to me, not just to you. And we have the opportunity to be those who reap what we sow. To, to, to actually sow into the amazing potential of generosity and therefore reap the security of knowing who our master is. That our God will provide. That God is in control. That God is faithful. And it doesn't matter how much you quote unquote give, it matters that you gave. And look, if you feel like this is zeroing in on finances, you're missing the whole message because some of you guys are so talented and so gifted. You have ideas and thoughts and strategy, and you need to give that. It's not just, it's not just about being generous with our resources. It's about being generous with all of who we are. It's about being generous like, man, look, I can, I can help you there. I can save you there. I can hook you up here. I can make that happen here. I can be a part of that. That is being generous. That's living open-handed. And when we live open-handed, it builds security in us. And when we're confident in who our God is, there is nothing that can stop us. Are so you hear what I'm saying? There's no storm that will silence you. There's no wind that will break you. When you're confident in who your God is, it is the epitome of building your spiritual house on the rock of your salvation. And, and the opportunity that we have is to be a people that are saying, I'm going to be generous, not just so that I can get something, because what I'm going to get is a confidence in God. I'm going to get a confidence in who He is. I'm going to get a confidence in who He's called me to be. And, and, and what I want to do, To kind of end our time a little bit it's I, I want us to be a people that don't just talk about it but that we are about it are you hearing what I'm saying I don't want us to just be a people that talk about it I want us to be a people that are about it that we don't just say these like big things you know what I'm saying how many of you are tired of hearing just big things spouted off yeah it's that time of year I don't know if you've noticed that Everything is free, you know. We're going to do this. It's just kind of these words that get thrown out just to try to tickle something in us. But then when you really get down to it, what is happening, man, this is where the church steps in. Because we're not just a, we don't just talk about it, we be about it. This is, this is, this is, this is a declaration of intent. This is who we are. This is who we are. This is who we are called to be. And therefore, we're gonna fight. And we're gonna gonna do the hard work of fighting for these things to not just be something that we hope for, but things that we actually live from. The generosity literally is our standard and it becomes so loud that the flesh tendency in us to protect ourselves, to keep what we have is shattered by the opportunity to give what we've been given. Because we know who our master is, are you hearing what I'm saying? We know that he's faithful, he's good, and he's kind. And I looked at, I know that in this room there are many, many needs. There was a lot of need in this room. You know how I know that? It's because you're a human, and everybody needs something. You might be needing some resource. You might be needing money, practically. You might not know how you're going to eat lunch. You might not know how you're going to pay rent. You might not have any friends and you're new to the city. You might be going through a divorce and you're like, what am I supposed to do? You might have lost your job because of COVID. You have a need. You know how I know it? It's because you're alive. And and, and look, I, I hate to give you some bad news, but it doesn't matter if you're a Christian. Bad stuff happens to people. Crap happens because sin is still here. But why we're here as those who love Jesus is we say that we're going to fight for the kingdom of heaven to come and invade the kingdom of earth. And that kingdom is bigger than your pain. It's bigger than your need. It's bigger than what you think. And so what we're going to do, if we all could just stand up, let's go ahead and turn the lights down just so everybody, nobody knows who's crying. All right now look i'm going to ask you to do something that might make you a little bit uncomfortable and and the reason is is there's i have found there are two things that fight against breakthrough it is not just greed it is also pride and and oftentimes we will not ask for what we need because of pride and we hoard what we have because of greed Both have an equal stopping effect on the breakthrough and the flow of the kingdom of God. And so if you have a need today, and for those of you who are online, I want to speak directly to you. You are not missing out on what's happening right now. You can go to our Facebook page right now. And there is a recent post that is going to give you instructions on how you can post your need in church. We're not just about to meet the needs in this house. We're going to meet the needs in everyone's house. All right? And so what I want to do, oh, man, I feel the Holy Spirit up in here. What what if you have a need, no matter what it is, no matter how small you think it is, No matter what, do not miss an opportunity for God to demonstrate that He sees you, that He loves you, that He's for you. No matter how small or big your need is, if you have a need, put your mask on and come to the front right now. Look, no matter... Look, we'll give a little bit of time. If you have a need, no matter how small or large, I want you to come to the front. If you're online right now and and you have a need, I want you to post it in a comment section. Thank you. Only one need in the house. I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. Two needs in the house. This is what we're going to do. We are going to begin to worship. And as we worship, I am believing that God is gonna begin to speak to you about how the openness of your hand is gonna strengthen the security of your heart and that you have an opportunity to sow into the needs that are represented in the front of this room right now and you get to give to them. And maybe you're like, man, I didn't show up with any cash. All good, give them your number, give them your contact number, hit them with a Venmo, write them a check, do whatever. Don't miss your opportunity to be somebody who sows in generosity to reap the security of who God is in your life. Man, when we did this a couple of years ago, there was a couple, some of you saw their story on Instagram. They came up and gave somebody something. They cleared their wallet out. They're like, look, we did, we have so much need. We're gonna give all that we have, and then they stayed up here, and then God overwhelmed them more than they could ask or imagine, shaken together, poured out in their lap, spilled over their needs being met. All right? And so this is what this is this is not what we're gonna do. This is who we are. You hear me? This is who we are. So we're gonna to begin to worship, and as we worship, if you feel led, I want you to come up here and meet a need in the house. Maybe you need to go to Facebook and see if anybody's commented and you're like, I'm going to meet that need right there. Maybe you're going to come up here and say, what do you need? Maybe you're going to come and just give them a $50 bill, stick some money in their pocket. Whatever you feel like God's telling you to do, generosity is who we are. Jesus, I'm asking that right now you would overwhelm this place with courage and confidence Lord, that you would allow us to be a people that live open-handed, Lord Jesus, and I just say right now, for those who need to be seen, God, would you overwhelm them with your voice, with your life, with your grace, and Lord, would you speak so that we can be those who are about doing your business on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name.